Do you have any moments in your past that fill you with embarrassment and regret every time you remember them because you did or said something that revealed immaturity? And you just give anything to just have a do-over. Wouldn't it be great to have greater maturity than what you have now? What are the keys to more spiritual maturity? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Verse 16 says, only let us live up to what we have already obtained. So that word, live up to, or your Bible might say, hold true to, that word means to fall in line or to conform to a pattern or a standard, or to keep in step with. So Paul is calling us to, to fall into line, or to be consistent, or to sync up with something. With what? He says, to what we have already obtained. You've obtained something. You've obtained some level of biblical understanding in your, your Christian life. You've, you've reached it. And Paul is going to show us today how to synchronize the way that you live to match up with what you know. Now, in verse 15, Paul says this, All of us who are mature. And so, so, so he wants us to take a moment to address the mature. Mature believers. When you were first converted, you start out as a baby Christian, and then slowly you make progress, just like physical growth. Over time, you become mature, and you get to the point where you have a deep understanding of Scripture. You've made a lot of progress in your life in fighting against sin. You, if somebody insults you, you respond in a godly way. You have a lot of wisdom. You're equipped to help others along the way and teach them. Once in a while, you hear about a person that's got a developmental problem, and they don't mature at the normal rate. Like you, you get maybe a 30-year-old who's got the mentality of an uh, 8-year-old or something like that. And every time you hear a story like that, it's just, it's just heartbreaking, right? sad. But even it's even more heartbreaking when that happens in the spiritual realm, in, the, in, the, in someone's Christian life, where they don't grow and mature spiritually at the normal rate. They just stay the same. Year after year, they're the same. Hebrews 5.11 says, we have much to say about all of this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. So all of that to say that there are people in the church who are spiritual babies and there are people who are more mature spiritually, who have gone, who've, who've progressed. And Paul wants to talk about that second group now. He wants to talk to the mature. He's going to address those of us who are mature. And, and so he says, verse 15, All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Or your Bible might say, All of us who are mature should think this way. Now that, that, think this way, that word think, that's a word that refers to more than just thinking. The best translation, I think, is attitude. And so he says, all of us who are mature should have this attitude. What attitude? Well, the attitude that he just described in verses 12 to 14, where he kept emphasizing, I've not arrived, I've not arrived. Brothers, I've not arrived. 
So he gives us this whole paragraph how he's not reached the goal, he's not there yet, he has, to, he has farther to go, he hasn't been made perfect, he, he, he still needs to run, he still needs to go. And, and then he says, all of us who are mature should think that way, we should have that attitude about our own Christian life, all of us. One of the marks of spiritual maturity is realizing how immature you are. One of the marks of spiritual maturity is realizing how, how immature you still are and you need to run. You know, you know you've made a lot of spiritual progress in your life when you start to gain more insight into how much more progress you need to make. And that motivates you to run harder. Now, this is the point, this, this, I've I got to preach now about how we haven't arrived. We have, this, we have to have this attitude about we haven't arrived and we're not perfect, right? And that's hard. There's nothing harder than preaching a... a, a, a point like that, because this is one of those points where everybody thinks they're already there. You, you say, oh, you, you, listen, you're not perfect, and everybody's sitting there like, I understand that. I t- I'm acutely aware of the fact I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. We say we're not perfect, but think about it. Do we really believe it? One way you can tell if you really believe your own rhetoric about your imperfection is how you respond when somebody agrees with you about how imperfect you are. Man, I'm really a sinful man. Oh, that's for sure. What? What's that supposed to mean? We sing all about how amazing it is that God would save a wretch like me, but somebody accuses me of being a wretch? What do I do? I get all defensive, and I start justifying myself. I start making excuses. I turn on them, and I say, you're not exactly Apostle Paul either. You're yourself there, bub. You know, and I, I've seen you do worse things, way worse than what I've done. And I'll just, you know, and it's all, as if that were somehow relevant, right? I mean, <laughs> think about how irrelevant that is. If somebody points out a sin in my life, I don't care who, it could be, I don't care if it's Hitler. If, if, if what he's saying is true, then it's true, right? I need to deal with it. Anyway, a spiritually mature person hears somebody accuse them of being a bad person, and they don't, they don't get defensive. If you're spiritually mature, and somebody accuses you of doing something wrong, usually your response is going to be something like, you don't know the half of it. You think of that stereotypical image of a guru sitting on the top of a mountain, you know, somebody climbs up, finds out the meaning of life. If he really knew the meaning of life, he wouldn't be wasting his sitting doing nothing on top of a mountain. If you're any kind of guru at all, if you have any spiritual maturity at all, you know you're not at the top of the mountain. You're still you still need to climb. If you if you want advice from someone, Find someone like Paul. Skip past the guy sitting cross-legged doling out pearls of wisdom. Skip past him. Find somebody who's still climbing and who can show you the route. One of the most significant marks of maturity is an increasing awareness of your own sinfulness. That comes with spiritual maturity, which is why a lot of times people get discouraged in their spiritual life because as they grow spiritually, they become so much more aware of their sin that it feels like they're actually regressing. It feels to them like they're getting worse. You used to, just think of a guy, like an image, you're covered in mud, right? And then when you become a Christian, Jesus takes a hose and just sprays you off. And for the first time, you're not caked with mud anymore. You're clean. Mud is gone. But then, you move a little closer to the light. And you see, oh, there's still some splotches of mud here. And so you, you, you rinse those off. And then you move closer to the light, and it's a little brighter, and you look at your shirt, and there's some stains. You see some stains that you didn't notice before. And so you, you scrub those stains out of there. 
And then you get more, and it gets brighter, and you get closer to the light, and you see more stains. And it seems like, man, I'm getting dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. Really, you're getting cleaner and cleaner, but you're getting closer and closer to the light. So you, you sense your sin more. The more you grow and progress spiritually, the more your conscience starts to become sensitized and, and, and restored, and the uglier your sin starts to look because you start to see it for what it really is. Your life's getting cleaner and cleaner. It can feel like it's getting worse and worse. So spiritually mature people have a very strong sense of their sinfulness and fallenness, and it makes them humble, and it makes them want to run harder. Now, be careful not to misunderstand this, because this is not the same thing as self-condemnation. Humility and godly sorrow over your sinfulness is a very different thing than self-condemnation. Self-condemnation is worldly sorrow that leads to death. Godly sorrow that comes from spiritual maturity leads to repentance and life. It makes you run. They're similar in the sense they're both sorrow. You feel bad either way. You feel sad about your sin either way. But you know that it's self-condemnation if it discourages you rather than motivating you to run harder. Paul talks about how he has not yet arrived. You know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I haven't attained my goal. I fall short. I'm not what I long to be. But what effect did that have on Paul emotionally? Does Paul say, brothers, I do not consider myself to have attained this. After 30 years even of walking with the Lord, serving as an apostle, planting churches, leading people to Christ, being tortured and persecuted and for, for Christ, being mistreated by the church. I wrote the Bible. I mean, I did, I've run flat out, hard as I could, all this time for three decades. And after all that time, I'm still a sinful man? What's the use? I'm done. Did he, is that, was that his response? Not at all. He didn't get discouraged. He said, I've not yet attained my goal, therefore I'm going to run harder. It motivated him. Self-condemnation discourages you. Godly sorrow motivates you. So learn to discern the difference between the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the accuser, Satan. When you fall short in some area, the Spirit is, is telling you, look, there's so much more to be had. Keep striving. It's like a, a, a climber ascending a great peak, and he looks up and he realizes he hasn't summited yet. He's, he's, he's not up there. And, and the voice of the Spirit says, there's such greater and more breathtaking vistas to be seen. Keep at it. Keep climbing. Go higher. Satan says, when you realize you're not up there, oh, you're such a failure, give it up. Stop climbing. It's getting you nowhere. So, learn to discern the difference between the two. Think of how you respond to failures when you fall into sin. Does that lead more to self-condemnation or to humility? What could you do to make it less of the former and more of the latter? And one other question to consider. Nothing has the ability to accelerate your maturing process like suffering. But that's only if you respond the right way. Immature responses to suffering always make matters worse. But mature responses to suffering will increase your maturity even more. Whenever you suffer any hardship over the next several days, give careful thought to what a spiritually mature response would look like. Whether it be a conflict in a relationship, a loss, something painful, something unfair, think carefully. 
What would a spiritually mature response to this hardship look like? Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.